it's April. It's start of April. And you know, it's actually uh, Rosacea Awareness Month in April. Yeah, that's a good thing to be aware of. I mean, actually, I see probably four to five patients a day with this. So it's good to bring awareness to it and maybe uh, some education about it. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with this episode, I wanted to share some really exciting new news with you. Are you ready for this? Millennial Doc Podcast is getting a total rebrand and upgrade. We are getting brand new branding. And best of all, we are changing our name. Millennial Doc Podcast is now going to become The Dr. Nicoletta Show. My mission has not changed. I will continue to inspire, confidence, and help women step into their most confident, healthy, and supported versions of themselves, knowing that you will feel empowered and knowledgeable and create the mindset shift necessary to love your skin. Under this new umbrella of The Dr. Nicoletta Show, not only will I continue to bring the whole truth on skincare, skin trends, and myths from my board-certified dermatologist, but it also allows us to talk about more things that are also important in your healthy skin journey to show up face first in your life and business. So I promise you, if you love this show right now, you are absolutely going to love where I'm taking it. And best of all, I'm taking you along with me on the ride. I cannot wait to get your feedback on the brand new show and the brand new upgrade that we are all getting together. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am back with Dr. Edward Perdonovich, my husband, who will be joining us on the show today. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, so super exciting. I know it's been a long time since you've been on the show. Yeah, (laughs) always a lot of other things to do. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But you know, my listeners love to hear from you too. So that's very sweet. Yeah, glad to have you back. So it's April, it's start of April. And you know, it's actually uh, Rosacea Awareness Month in April. Yeah, that's a good thing to be aware of. I mean, actually, I see probably four to five patients a day with this. So it's good to bring awareness to it and maybe uh, some education about it. Definitely. So let's kind of start off with explaining to my audience what exactly is rosacea. So rosacea is an inflammatory skin condition. Usually people associate this with redness or blushiness around the face, particularly the cheeks or the nose, but it can present in different ways for different people. And can it also be confused with other conditions? Absolutely. So that is a good reason to see a dermatologist in regards to this because there are some autoimmune diseases that could mimic uh, something like rosacea. There are forms of rosacea that we may want to treat differently depending how the patient presents. And even things as far as like an eczema or a contact eczema that may show up on the face due to perhaps some makeup can, you know, mimic rosacea too. And it's also important, you would say, to know that rosacea patients, um, that their skin is very sensitive. Yes, definitely. Little things, both topically and interestingly, even things that these patients ingest or get exposed to can actually worsen their rosacea. Yeah, that's really important to know. So kind of let's dive into the four main subtypes of rosacea. 
Yeah, sure. So we do break it down. The probably most common type is something that we call erythematotelangiectatic rosacea. So it is just this kind of redness or rosiness on the face. There is a kind of a pustular or papular rosacea that shows up with bumps and you can have redness at the same time. A little bit less common ones, but when they show up, they can be a little bit more extreme is there's a rhinophimatous rosacea. So that is kind of like when you see an older gentleman with a very like bulky or bulgy nose that sticks out, that inflammation kind of causes more tissue to develop there. And then ocular rosacea, which means rosacea can show up in the eyes and it kind of have a dry, sandy, gritty feeling to it. Yeah, so there's definitely those main subtypes. And what I'd like for us to kind of go into now is to really discuss, well, how can someone know if they have rosacea? And what I want to kind of break it down is that there's four different signs of rosacea. You just broke it down into the more of the uh, scientific terms. And so a great way to break it down for listeners. So the first sign is what's trigger-based flushing. What exactly is that? So that is something that you might be doing in life that actually makes you blush or become even more rosy or flush. And uh, there's a lot of things and not everything applies to every person. But some people have complained that they'll get more flushed with eating like spicy foods, uh, drinking red wines. I've seen even like pickled foods. And interestingly, even for some people, it could be things that we really enjoy, like coffee or chocolate. Not to say you can't have those things, but just realize that that could make the flushing worse. The other thing is emotional stress, hormonal flushing too. Some people notice around the cycles. Those are kind of the the flushing examples that those are triggers that could be. Definitely. So the second sign that you should be aware of for rosacea are what we will describe it as textural changes on the skin. So you can look for... Yeah, so kind of bumps. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I have adult acne. But adult acne... And rosacea, like these bumps, are, are different because realizing rosacea bumps, the cause is from inflammation, where acne is truly, you know, you have clogged pores, you have uh, excessive oil production, you have bacteria that gets involved. But yeah, if you if you kind of see these bumps, and you can actually see these what we call micropustules that show up sometimes on the cheeks or around the nose, chin, and so on. Yeah, and other textural changes other than the bumps, of course, is, you know, like we mentioned with the sensitive skin, uh, you can be prone to a bit more dry skin and also easily irritated skin as well. And the location of these kind of pimple-like looking bumps are typically around the chin, nose, and eyes. Right. So the third sign of rosacea are broken capillaries. Yeah, so capillaries are like little blood vessels that are found all around our skin, and those can pop, I guess, become broken blood vessels. Um, sometimes we'll, you know, call them spider veins. Uh, the official term is something we call telangiectasias. But then, you know, if you have multiple of them can make you look very, very red. And it may not even flush at the point, it just may stay red. And the last, the fourth sign of rosacea that you should keep in mind is watery, grittery feeling of the eyes, basically. Anything to add on that? Any experience with patients? Or no, usually if I notice a patient kind of scratching or rubbing their eyes or the eyes are red, I'll kind of ask them about that. And often I'll also work together with an ophthalmologist so that, you know, it doesn't cause like corneal abrasions that can be more long-term side effects from that if we don't address it early. 
Definitely. That's all important to know. And it's really important to just keep in mind that each part of rosacea has a nuanced type of treatment that your dermatologist can talk to you about. So anyone with rosacea should really consider using a gentle skincare routine on a daily basis. I would say usually to patients treat it as if you would treat baby skin. So you do want to cleanse the skin. Obviously, you want something that's hydrating. I would avoid anything that, you know, has a scrub or has like apricot seeds, those kind of things. You know, even actually, interestingly, a lot of these homemade soaps, for example, will contain a lot of lye in them, lye being spelled L-Y-E. That actually increases the pH, but the skin itself should be a, a tiny bit on the acidic side, and that can really irritate the skin. So yes, definitely hydrating cleanser. But you know, a lot of people ask me about also any types of chemical peels or acidic type of peels that they can find also in the cleansers. Do you know if those would be appropriate? So they can be, however, it's important to understand which one to choose. And it's good to exfoliate with a type of chemical peel that has the ingredient of beta hydroxy acid, like salicylic acid. And the reason why is because these beta hydroxy acids tend to be less irritating on the skin. And they also help to minimize the enlarged pores that often can come along with those textural changes of rosacea that we talked about. So you want to choose more of a beta hydroxy acid like salicylic acid versus not choosing an alpha hydroxy acid which is kind of like a glycolic acid. It's too harsh. Right. And, you know, even the salicylic acid, we should just let people know that they come in different concentrations. And so each person's a little different. We, you might want to test a little portion of your skin with that prior to using to your whole face so it doesn't turn red. But typically those are a little bit on the safer side. And, you know, what are a couple of other things that maybe we could tell patients that they should use for that type of skin? Right. So for, yeah, for, for rosacea skincare routine, like we already mentioned, very gentle hydrating cleansers. Um, we mentioned the exfoliating with a beta hydroxy acid that you could do. However, just like with any skin type, really, moisturization is, is essential. And especially for rosacea skin, because it's typically sensitive and dry. So you definitely want to look for creams that have uh, ceramides, which is a great emollient. Glycerin and hyaluronic acid are also humectants that are also excellent to have in your moisturizer for rosacea-prone skin. And I think the number one thing we tell all our rosacea patients is... Sun protection. So definitely ultraviolet radiation uh, protection for sure. Yeah, so we do notice that, like the other triggers we were mentioning, the UV rays particularly, and even like heat. So a lot of patients know if they go to the steam room or it's really humid outside, their rosacea will really flare up. And so cooler environments is better. Sometimes even if you are having kind of a, a flushing or blushing effect, you can put something cool on your cheeks to help them calm down. But the UV protection is a must. Yep, that's great to know. And of course, the last, it's more of an extra thing that you can add to your skincare routine if you do have rosacea. But if you're interested in collagen building or fading down those fine lines, what are options that people can potentially try? So, you know, the biggest game changer, I think, in dermatology as far as you know, helping fine lines disappear, wrinkles kind of reduce, probably the retin-A type creams, which are vitamin A type derivative creams, but they come in different things. So we, we see them in retinols, which are over the counter. They're a little bit more gentle and mild. And then the ones that we prescribe for acne are usually the retinoic acids, uh, but they tend to be harsh. And especially on rosacea skin, they can be very, very harsh. 
Something in between the retinaldehydes, they have a more of a moisturizing and a little bit less inflammatory effect. Moisturizing, particularly if it comes in the right product line. Actually, a nice product line that makes a very nice retinaldehyde is called Aven, A-V-E-N-E. It's a French company. You can still use something that's a retinol or retinaldehyde, just you needed something more on the gentler side. And then um, there's also a plant-based derivative I know that you will know a little bit more of. Would you like to... Let the patients know. Yeah, so basically, um, the plant-based derivative um, is called Bacuchiol. It's a plant-based derivative used in many other parts of the world that helps you really um, bring out that radiance and glow and increase collagen production, and it's gentle on the skin. And so, yeah. Great. So, I'd love to kind of chat. Now, now, now that we talked about the actual skincare routine for sensitive, rosaceous skin, what exactly should people avoid doing or using if they have rosacea? So kind of like we had, you know, talked about briefly before, anything that's too harsh on the skin, right? Treat it as baby skin. So there's these mechanical brushes you can do, even these silicone patches that you can scrub on. They can be a little bit harsh. Not all of them, but they can be. So you have to be careful. Also doing these extreme cleansing routines very frequently can uh, worsen that. You know, if some people have, you know, there's like Clairsonic, for example, is one that has like a mechanical brush that they do primarily for acne. I know some of my rosacea patients have tried it, they like it, but I would tell them not to use it more than maybe once a week, you know, for really sensitive skin, maybe twice a week. But again, very, very gentle bristles if they have it. But ultimately, it's best just to use your your finger pads, you know? Definitely. And then the other thing, you know, and anything that says like, it's natural, it's plant-based, it's organic, just be careful because again, a lot of these things can still irritate the skin. I mean, poison ivy is plant-based, natural, and organic. But if you put that on your face, you know what type of reaction your skin would have. So if you really wanted to try something, again, do a test spot. Do a small little portion in your skin and see how your skin reacts. If it gets really irritated, then you know that that's not appropriate for you. Definitely. All those points are really good. So again, avoid using those harsh bristles. And instead, things that you can do is you can use those soft makeup uh, sponges. Those are less irritating to the skin. And like you said, like the Clarisonic and those type of products, they can really break down the already broken capillaries that are on the skin with rosacea. So excellent points. I'd love to just next dive into... Yeah, let's just, you know, a lot of patients would like to know, like, well, give me some products that I could consider. So I'll actually ask you that. What what kind of products have you recommended to your patients? Yeah, so I absolutely, for sunscreen, I love the Elta MD Clear Sunscreen. It's the one that, it's the Elta Clear line. And the Clear line, it blends very easily with any skincare routine. But what I actually love about it, it has a very special ingredient, niacinamide in it, which helps reduce inflammation. So not only are you getting the benefit of a sunscreen, but you are also getting the benefit of the niacinamide. And also, not only would I recommend a sunscreen, but a retinol, which Dr. Eddie also had mentioned this brand earlier, but the Avene Retrin AL, I really like this retinol product for increasing collagen production and decreasing those fine lines if you are rosacea prone. So again, it's gentle on the skin and the active ingredient is actually a retinaldehyde. And again, just like any retinol that I had mentioned in our previous retinoid episode, you want to always make sure that you're using a pea-sized amount on the entire face only. And I wanted to ask you, so what's your thoughts though on, you know, how you use a pea-sized amount for the entire face and that's it when you're using a retinal product. But for rosacea prone patients, is it smart to be applying it only to the periphery where, not the central part where the rosacea is? Well, again, it just depends. Each person's a little different. I, I, I think that 
when you're first testing the product, maybe using a little bit more on the periphery than the central face would be better to kind of test it. I have some patients that they have really strong skin and yeah, they have rosacea, but they can tolerate it. So you can apply to the periphery and kind of smudge it into the central part of the face. But again, just using a little bit, a little bit goes a long way. It's kind of like adding uh you know, habanero spice powder, you know, you just add a, a smidge of it. If you had too much, you wouldn't be able to eat the food anymore. So yeah, only you do that. Uh-huh. I won't do that. <laughs> okay. So next question, is there actually, first of all, a way to treat rosacea? And if so, tell me more about that. So there are. So it kind of depends on what the patient presents with, right? When we talked about the initial presentation of erythematolangiectatic rosacea, which is kind of that redness or the blushiness. And if they have broken capillaries, you know, lasers actually can work really, really well. There's IPL lasers, which stands for intense pulse light therapy. Those can be helpful, especially treating the red. There are actually other lasers, for example, like the V-beam laser that are good, especially if you have a lot of these broken capillaries. You know, with laser treatments, it's not usually one treatment and done. Usually, you know, you may need three to four treatments. And a lot of people need to upkeep every six months or once a year with a laser session just to eliminate any more capillaries that may have formed or broken capillaries that may have formed. If it's just the blushiness or the redness, there actually are a couple of prescription creams because if you think about it, the redness comes from the dilation from some of these blood vessels. So you you have more blood, you have that reddish hue that's coming out. If you can constrict some of these blood vessels, then that redness would fade. So that's kind of put it in simple terms. They have one cream, it's called Rofade, the other one's called Merveso. They've been out for some time. They're very effective. The only thing is it's really hard to get them covered with insurance. Without insurance, they're hundreds of dollars, you know? So if your insurance covers it and you want to try it, I think that's great. Realize also that some of them might give you kind of an increased blush effect after the medicine runs out, because typically they last for maybe about eight hours. But then again, if you just need it during the day when you're in front of people or something, that that's totally worth it. If you're getting more of the bumps, there are actually quite a few treatments, and that's probably where the treatments really shine. We'll use topical products, very old school ones, something called metronidazole. There's some newer ones that have come out. The generic is ivermectin, but it's also called Sulantra. That's been shown to be very effective. Sometimes we use a combination of it. There is one called Phenacea, which is azelaic acid, and that's nice because you can actually, it's also safe in pregnancy if you have to use it. Then there's oral medications that we do. And some of them are antibiotic-based, but we realize that at a lower dose, these antibiotics work as an anti-inflammatory for the skin. Again, rosacea is an inflammatory condition of the skin, so we'll use an anti-inflammatory to reduce the bumps, and it can kind of sometimes help with the redness too. Those are kind of the the main things. I mean, there's a little bit more that, you know, we can discuss, uh, you know, if there's a patient that came in and wanted some specifics, but those are kind of the general breakdowns. That's excellent. You broke that down really well. Thank you so much, Dr. Eddie. So today's episode, just all about rosacea and a lot of various ways to have your skincare routine as well as treatment options for rosacea. So, you know, it being Rosacea Awareness Month, I think it's important to be aware of it and just have it in the back of your mind. Yeah, anything else to add? No, I was going to say, the you know, the best treatment is avoiding triggers mm-hmm. if you can. Avoidance is always better than having to uh, having to treat something, but not everything in life is avoidable. So It is hard to do that. Do you think that I have rosacea? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, yet, not at this point. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As I always say, love your skin and step out with confidence. See you all next time. 
I'm over here virtually loving your glowing skin and cheering you on for finishing another episode of the Millennial Doc Podcast. I am so glad you stopped by to learn more and empower yourself on how to love your skin one day at a time. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, just head over to drnicoletta.com for the show notes and all the resources from today's episode. It would absolutely mean so much to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star review of the show. Your support helps me reach more listeners and thus impact thousands and thousands of people. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, don't forget to step out with confidence.